0: And welcome to another episode of An I'm Just Such a Critic, where two mates will critique some of TV's most critically acclaimed episodes from time and space and multiverses alike, from past and present. And today, we are going to be critiquing, well, trying to critique, one of my personal favourite TV shows and TV episodes, which is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the episode Hush which if you're not familiar with, well, then I don't know what you've been doing for the last however many years, because you should be. I think everyone should be. Personal view there. Um, but yes, yeah, so this is one of my personal favourites, and I know it's one of Shona's personal favourites as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely one of my favourites.
0: So I think we're both going to be quite biased here, but we're going to try our best to see how it holds up today. So when it originally aired, it received, like, all these episodes, it was critically acclaimed um, receiving high high praise from almost everyone who watched it and you know no surprise but I have picked two standout quotes here which was mentioned at the time and we'll be seeing whether they still hold up today and seeing whether we can critique it any further so one of the quotes I got here is from Alan Sepinwall I believe from the Star Lodger I don't know what publication that is but it may have been big at the time but he called it a magnificently daring episode, explaining that what makes it particularly brave is that even when Buffy has been failing to click dramatically this year, the show has still been able to get by in a witty dialogue, which is all but absent after the first few scenes of this episode. Joss Whedon finds ways to get around that with several cast members, particularly Anthony Head as the Scholarly Giles and Alison Hengen as the nervous witch Willow proving to be wonderfully expressive silent comedians. Just one more short quote here from Robert Haynes from The Independent in the UK writes that Buffy the Slayer, in most weeks the funniest and cleverest programme on TV reached new heights with the episode Hush. I mean that is huge praise and what we'll be doing, we'll be dissecting those quotes reviewing the show and trying to see whether they still hold up today, whether the, the praise was warranted, and whether it's withstood the test of time since 23, 22 years ago when it aired.
1: We're doing a special episode this week because we have a guest
0: yeah a proper guest star i mean by guest we mean we invited our friend along to also talk about buffy <laughs> and that is david Leifer. thank you for referring to me as a star i appreciate <laughs> it um, hello everyone so yeah basically we're all big buffy nerds we love the episode and we thought oh this would be a really unbiased critique <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, so we just thought who better to explain it than people who have watched it their whole life. I to the show and talk about it almost every day and have to make sure that everyone we invite into our lives also watches it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I did watch this episode with my boyfriend and I was taking notes the entire time, but he didn't really, he thought I was texting someone throughout <laughs> the whole episode. Clearly, I needed to, like, you know, look the part, like put my glasses on, put my hair in a bun, like have a notepad <laughs> out, but. Yeah. But,
0: well, also, why was he taking notice of you texting and not just focused on the TV on this episode that he has not seen before?
1: That's a great question. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but did he actually like it?
1: Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he did. Did he
0: appreciate the brilliance of
1: it? Yeah. Um, do you know what? That's a good question. I didn't get into a whole conversation with him so much about it. I feel like I had so much to say. Yeah. Um, and he's a good listener. And he was like... <laughs> Which is what yeah. the episode's about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: okay. well there. yeah definitely.
1: Um, so Hush is episode ten of season four of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and it originally aired December twenty first, the year two thousand, so it's been almost twenty two years since we've seen it well not since we've seen it but since it came out and um
0: definitely watched it since yeah
1: (laughs) most recently today um and according to imdb this is the one when everyone in sunnydale loses their voice the scooby gang must silently solve the mystery of the monsters who stole their ability to speak
0: nice i mean i'd like to think that most people would know what hush it's by now 22 years on especially because it's such a big episode in tv history Mm.
1: it Um, is yeah
0: maybe not as big as the body from buffy but
1: but it is it is one of the i mean is it the first time that an episode aired where you know there was hardly any dialogue and the whole point of it was that people couldn't speak i mean that was probably the first that happened yeah i guess i mean i don't
0: really feel like it's happened since
1: or since yeah
0: yeah no you're right i mean i feel like some tv shows may have done a silent episode here and there not in the same way as this one because i wouldn't even consider this a silent episode um because like most tv shows that i know have done silent episode i'm sure has probably done one because they try and do every trope possible um it goes black and white they have the silent I know Sabrina Teenage Witch did one um, where it goes black and white. They have the subtitles at the bottom when they speak. They have the grainy film. They get tied to a train track and someone has to save them. And whereas I feel like they're all most silent episodes of TV shows lean into like that 1920s, 1930s um, genre and era. Whereas this one was Mm -hmm. actually just, I wouldn't call it a silent episode. I would just say it's a episode without talking.
1: Yeah, because there is, um, I've never seen anything where you see the entire cast trying, act, the acting is so good where they're trying so hard to talk without mm. actually talking. and But they really convey the whole, I'm trying so hard to talk right now and then nothing's coming out. Um, yeah, they did that really well. well. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. Be- they're trying so hard and it's so well acted and so well directed that you can still work out exactly what they're saying Mm -hmm. without even lip reading especially when you know the characters Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: even without knowing them you can you can just tell that they're still talking we're not hearing words but it's like i don't know it's like we just become telepathic with the stars we we just we looked into their soul we could just hear what they were saying
1: yeah we just we just really get them we just really get them we just really get them
0: yep and that's why they're still in our hearts 22 years later
1: yep indeed and so this episode opens in the the college buffy's allegedly having a lecture with professor walsh and she's talking about communication and the whole communication before you speak which is a theme we get before Mm. you know jumping ahead a little bit before they lose their voices as there is a whole theme about communication and Professor Walsh is talking about, there's that communication that you have before the words form in your head, um, and how that is such like a poignant moment, like it's so important. And- um, I guess it
0: sets the stage.
1: Yeah. Because
0: people can also, you know, we've probably evolved to pick up on what people are going to say to second guess them to read their body language and work out what words are about to come out of their mouth.
1: Yeah, yeah. For sure, and um, and it's all about that communicating without words, and like mm. that's what she's she's starting to go into. And then, then she invites Buffy to lay down on her desk. Really weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's the nineties, and
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, slash two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, teaching might be might have been different back then. Um, <laughs> and then her and Riley kiss. And he's like, when, when I kiss you, the sun goes down. Well, I'll, it'll make the sun go down. And which it does. And they walk around. But and then... I
0: guess one interesting thing to say is probably like, you know, for some people may not be as familiar with Buffy. Mm. Um, is that she often has dreams that show the future or give her warnings. Yes. And then it's a feel that this is one of those dreams.
1: Yes. Because then, then when they walk outside, we get that really creepy little girl holding that box and she's like, like that Freddy Krueger song, yeah. like hey, gonna say Michelle.
2: Freddy Krueger esque?
1: Yeah, very Freddy Krueger esque. Well, Where it's a dream and it's that little girl. Cause it isn't yeah. there. What's it? What's that song with the Freddy Krueger one? It's quite similar yeah, sounding, right? Little
2: girls as well singing.
1: Yeah, singing it's, it's those so it on that hearing Yeah,
0: little girls are just creepy.
1: Yeah, it's something <laughs> about little girls. They're just they're just really creepy.
0: We, were you creepy when you were young?
1: Probably. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, my family loved to talk about how they found me creepy when I was young. No. Yeah. <laughs> Directly yes. to me and often. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe for a whole other episode, <laughs> where we can talk about how creepy I was as a child.
2: I'm such a psychiatrist.
1: <laughs> such
0: a psychiatrist. But it's just like someone else.
1: I, they did call me Damien Child. Oh. I mean, I feel like that says a lot.
0: Oh, maybe they're still having nightmares about you. <laughs> maybe. <laughs>
1: in, in their version of this dream, the little girl's me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and you don't take away their voices, just their whole life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well
0: at least the first 30 years
1: <laughs> just all their happiness just all their happiness sucked away. all their money <laughs> all their dreams
0: yeah. all their sacrifices
1: <laughs> their hopes and dreams <laughs> <laughs> but the it, it's like it is a really creepy song because it's like can't even shout can't even cry the gentlemen are coming by I mean, anything yeah. a little girl
0: singing is creepy. I don't think there's one good little girl singer out there that, that isn't creepy. No, even when they're singing Nicki Minaj, it's creepy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, Nicki Minaj singing Nick- Nicki Minaj is creepy, but <laughs> I, they they just can't win. They sing no. something too innocent, and it's creepy. Especially because most fair again, I guess this is because it's like a. Um, fairy tales and nursery rhymes they have this darker meaning in this dark, darker context and undertone so the minute she's singing in something which resembles a um, nursery rhyme mm-hmm. which that kind of does it's like Ring of Ring of Roses it's got the same kind of yeah. beat the same kind of rhythm yeah. so when they when you sing in something we automatically I guess associate it with a nursery rhyme and it, essentially it was mm-hmm. um, and they have these dark undertones and that's also what makes it creepy
1: to sum up Little girls are creepy, and that was a very good move by, you know, Joss and his producers. I would
0: like to know who the girl was. Like, was she Buffy? When she, she meant to be Buffy when she was younger? Is she meant to be someone who was affected by the gentleman in the that's past? That's
1: true. Because there's, actually, that's a really good point, because there's nothing about the little girl later. Like, mm. what was the point of the little girl? Other than just to
0: be creepy. Yeah. She purely exists to be
2: creepy. To be
1: creepy. They,
2: they had a song, and needed to use it. Yeah. So, little girl singing it is the best way to convey it. Yeah. Which is...
1: Yeah.
2: It's fine, but mm. for me, I feel like it's kind of a cheap tactic in Buffy, actually. go like, first Chris. It's cheap to oh. kind of... It, it's just... Why? Why did Buffy have to have this pathetic dream mm-hmm. for the gentleman? Because it's like they forgot that she has this ability, or they didn't know how to start the episode off. Mm in any other way Mm. except let's do creepy but that's me thinking about Mm -hmm. it right now so
1: oh interesting i'm not saying i
2: don't like it but thinking about it's like why why Mm -hmm. now is this gonna be a dream that buffy needs to have because she doesn't have dreams every episode no
1: no she doesn't but um but but it is a good it the dream does come into it is a good way to introduce it because she dreams about the song and then, yeah, Riley puts his hand on her shoulder and she turns around and it's the <coughs> gentleman. And, and like, whereas I guess in the episode, if the gentleman just came, we would have this problem of... Wait, uh, now I
0: have this vivid image of a gentleman coming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, now I'm thinking about it. <laughs>
0: What do their facial expressions even look like?
1: <laughs> I mean, they're <laughs> just change? constantly smiling. That's what I mean. So like... therefore,
0: if, if they were to, like, orgasm, would, how would that smile, how would it accelerate from that? Like, it's already a great big smile. Like, do they get more smiling?
1: You know, maybe. Like, well, they're they're so polite. Um, you know, when they cut out the hearts and one of them puts it down and they all they all sort of, like, lightly clap. And, and he's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they have sex. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. They're so gentlemanly the oh. gentlemen.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, what the—I mean, you know, joking about them, kind of like um, having orgasms and coming and what like, like it, how they, what they do to their victims is essentially rape because they take away the voices, so they can ultimately you. Know, hold someone down and cut out their hearts. Mm-hmm. It's it's ultimately rape. And that's why the whole theme of it is quite scary. The idea of it is scary. Yeah. You're being held down. You're having take, something taken from you uh, against your will. You can't scream. And if you do, no one will hear. And not only is that a scary concept, but it, it goes into the, the the idea of rape and taking that power away from you, taking the ask for help away as well, mm. that, that call for help. And even if someone feels... Physically weak, they know they can always rely. They can always rely on a scream or a call for help for someone who is stronger or strength in numbers to to aid. Yeah. Um, so, along you know, joke making these jokes about them coming and having these orgasms, it actually isn't too far off what they're doing to these victims.
1: They need seven hearts, or they're and it's in the song. They're going to take seven, and they might take yours. And it's seven hearts. We don't actually know why. What are they, what are they doing with those hearts? What do they need? Why do they need them?
2: That's one of my additional critiques. <gasps> I, <believe>. so, <laughs> I feel that Buffy previously and after is very good at setting out why certain things are happening. Mm. Um, and as much as I enjoy mystery, I kind of want to know why mm. these seven hearts are needed by the gentleman. Um, it, it, not to dwell on other episodes in mm. season four. There's the another episode where a demon is doing something, and they're very good at setting out why that's happening. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so you know which episodes it is. It's the apocalyptic one with the three that jump down the hill. Ah, there's actually the following episode. The is following, following episode. episode. It, okay, is, yeah, it is. Um, episode, and yeah. and it's very good at establishing why it needs mm-hmm. to do what it's doing. Yeah. But In this episode, a lot goes funny enough, silent, unsaid.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 About what, oh, why these things unsadly. are needed. God, it's like a metaphor. i mean yeah i mean i i don't take as much um issue with that like you might because i think they're trying to establish them as fairy tale creatures i don't know if they plan to maybe one day bring them back or hang on that hook i'm i'm happy actually not knowing as long as the all um the characters also show frustration in not knowing which they do but they although they do i don't think they do enough because it's mentioned they don't know but at the end of the episode, none of them concludes that there's still mysteries around the gentleman. Mm. No one concludes that they didn't find out all the facts or show that frustration. Yeah. Their frustration's midway through the episode, which they show in every episode, because they never get the full facts until the end.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: uh, And that's one of my issues. I just feel like I should have rounded the episode off with a little bit more knowledge for that audience, which is,
1: mm-hmm.
0: wow, we actually don't know why half of that happened. <laughs> we have our theories this is one but we don't know um because these creatures hey no one can talk about them because they take away the voices so therefore nothing's been recorded in history that just something like that would have satisfied me a lot more yeah yeah um yeah i mean plot wise yeah i guess you could always like you could critique the plot in in that way i wouldn't say i feel like they miss a lot of beats of the plot or a lot of um a lot of things which could satisfy the audience of the plot, mm. including explaining why Olivia was there, Charles's girlfriend. I, she's only been in one episode before, and I've no idea why she randomly shows up on this day and never seen again, but there she
1: is. She's um, an overseas sex friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but why? What was
0: her importance in this episode? Well, well, she got to draw them. Oh, yeah, she did get to draw them. <laughs> that yeah. was,
1: the importance was... oh Actually, I think I was... Um, Uh, When I was researching the episode, Joss Whedon apparently says that they brought in, I mean, in terms of her actual significance, who knows, but they brought in two other people um, that weren't the main cast Mm. to have this kind of like more childlike fear and Mm. shock from things because we're so used to the, the main cast getting scared and stuff and then if it's just an extra we don't really care but bringing in these two like her and tara bringing in her bringing in olivia and tara was like yes, they tried yes. to make us care about them a little bit more and then they had like two of the scariest scenes in the mm-hmm. episode happened to each of them so when olivia comes downstairs um she's looking out the window and she sees one of the gentlemen across Mm. the street looking in another house and then suddenly oh my god there's one right there Mm. that is like that that would be terrifying and then the same with Tara towards the end of the episode um she trips outside and then you see the gentleman floating towards her and it's that scene that moment in any kind of horror thing when you're like oh my god just run Mm. and I see so
0: it's almost like Rejuvenate the horror because they know other characters would fight back. Yeah. They know G- um, Giles, Willow, Buffy, Xander. and Sander, yeah, they would all fight back or go get help, but they, they're brave by now. Yeah. They've dealt with the end of the world many times. Yeah. So it was a way of putting fear back into mm-hmm. it. Okay, yeah. I get, okay, that makes yeah. a little bit more sense. It's a bit more yeah. forgiving.
2: Can we talk a little bit about the dynamics of the, oh, unless you want to go on to something else first, the stealing of the voices? Oh, oh yeah, because you don't like. I don't
1: like. I think. Can we t- first talk about the whole setup to them losing it, where they talk, where there's so much alluding, there's so much discussion around talk, in yeah. mm. the actual dialogue before they lose their yeah. voice. Yeah. I like that whole set, and then and then w- that will lead yeah. into losing the voice. Um, I would say definitely one of the things that I think has done really well about this episode is how there's so the dialogue. In the beginning, before they lose their voice, is so much around communicating and talking, and everyone—not everyone, everyone exactly—but so many people are communicating badly. Like talking is getting in the way. Like Buffy and Riley, um, they're they're like not meshing well because their talking is getting in the way. They're having to lie to each other about you know her being a Slayer and him doing his whole GI Joe thing, and. Um, and then they got Xander and Anya. Anya's like, I don't really know how you feel about me. Do you really care about me? Um, and he's all just like, oh, I don't know. Well, this yeah. is where he
0: becomes a bit misogynistic. Ugh. <laughs> this um,
1: fucking comment.
0: Yeah, moaning that, because where she used to be a demon and now she's been turned into a human. And he makes a comment, oh, you know, you really did become a real girl, didn't you? Because Ugh. he sees her as yeah. moaning a lot. And it's like...
1: And, like, I want to talk about our feelings and yeah. stuff. And it's just like... Fuck off, Sander.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Sander. Um, Yeah, no, well, actually, with what you said, there's actually a quote here from Joss Whedon, which is mentioned on the commentary, which is, when people stop talking, they start communicating. Language can interfere with communication because language limits. As soon as you say something, you've eliminated every other possibility of what you might be talking about. We also use language to separate ourselves from other people. And that kind of goes into like that setup, which you've just explained, mm. about how Sandra and Anya are having this argument or Buffy and Riley trying to get it on, but these words are getting in the way. She blabbers every time sh-
1: yeah.
0: they're about it's to too kiss. Too much blabbing. Yeah, because she's nervous. Mm. She's nervous that she's had to lie about the Slayer thing. He's nervous he had to lie about being a secret agent um, or military guy. And every time they're about to kiss, they blabber. So words keep getting in the way, even with Willow in the Wicker group. She do, you know, she's in this wicker group hoping to learn spells and they're talking about brunch and stuff and is that because yeah. they're, they're all witches but they're scared to say it?
1: And she even says when Buffy's like, Oh, it wasn't great, and she's like, It's, it's just all talk. talk. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And but also the fact that Tara tries to talk up about spells, but mm. she's too shy to talk up because the minute she speaks, all eyes are on her. Yeah. So she goes into a shell again. Mm-hmm. So talking getting in the way of everyone, whether it's talking too much not being able to talk. Yeah. Or actually not like, or not like in Sanders case, he doesn't like what he hears. Mm. So he goes on the defense. Yeah. So he, he it, does
1: not express himself as well. No. Actually, Anya is expressing herself very well.
0: Too well. Too
1: Yeah. Too Perhaps well. Fog, she is like a newborn human. You know? no. Yeah. Social. Like, yeah. Racist or. No, she has no social etiquette or like boundaries. No boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> um and she she's communicating too much and he well um and then he's like doesn't really know what to say but I also i love how then when olivia turns up giles is uh as orgasm friend as anya refers to her as, and the, i love that the last line yeah
0: that's just my orgasm friend don't, don't mind him
1: um, I love that the last line is to Olivia saying to Giles, that's enough small talk, don't you think? She's
0: and like, then silence falls yeah, upon the town. Yeah.
1: Let's great. get down also, to business.
2: It's great, also, just a final bit on that bit. It's amazing how the two adults know themselves. Yeah. They don't need the communication. It's the young. They people. know when to stop talking. Yeah. yeah. It's the younger people that yeah. don't know how to talk or talk too loud, but those adults that have it together.
0: Yeah.
1: They, they can't, don't need that yeah.
0: communicate. They can communicate without speech.
1: That's so yeah. true.
0: They they know yeah. when, well, like she said, that's enough small talk. They knew when to yeah. shut up and get on with their inner desires. Mm-hmm. And actually, like this is something I wanted to mention, which was kind of goes on to Joss's quote um, about language limiting and coming in between what we really want. Because my take on that just um, kind of expands his quote a little bit further, but saying language was actually... Because we're like scared to be judged, like Taro in that witch group, um, we, you know, we justify ourselves. We justify ourselves a lot from things we want to do. If we've stepped around, for example, or we've stolen something, we justify it to someone. We don't just say, "Yeah, I did that." So what? I mean, maybe some people might, but we try to justify it. Like, "Oh, I yes, I I took that because actually I was poor this month, so I thought I should and I needed it." Or, "Oh, I did I did that for me. I had to mentally do this." We justify so much words getting the way. And what I find of this is, this episode is you take those words away and everyone acts on their inner feelings. Buffy finally kisses Riley. Mm-hmm. There's no judgment there. Or in her case, actually, there's no worry that she has to hide a secret identity so they can finally kiss. Their inner feelings come out. And Sander and Anya, their inner horniness comes out because they don't. the arguing isn't getting in the way of what they really want to do which is screw
1: also um it's that moment when he thinks that spike has fed on her Mm. and um and he freaks out and he starts like punching spike in the face and his, his care for anya is able to be like fully expressed in that way um uh not that i'm like condoning violence <laughs> no,
2: he <is> a vampire. <laughs> as, a,
1: as a way to show it but yeah yeah he is a vampire but um but yeah he 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 without because there is no ability to speak he fully expresses it in this action type way and she finally sees oh you you, you care. really care about me he just can't say the words yeah
0: but also it's interesting to know that when they were arguing it was about lack of sex
1: yeah just, um, or, well, it wasn't, no, 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 it wasn't lack of sex, because she was like, all you care about is lots of orgasms. It was oh, like, yeah. it, the, the argument was like, all they did, was she felt like, all you want from me is sex. Yeah, Do you well, actually want anything else? That was it. That well, was he
0: 19? I don't know what more she expects from me. No. <laughs> <laughs> but then, it's funny, because when they couldn't talk, that's what she wanted. She's yeah. that suggested it. Yeah. But but also, in terms of inner feelings, it's actually when Willow kind of figures out she's gay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, well she you know,
1: doesn't know yet, but it's the start. But but, well, the,
0: but you, you say the it's the start, but she she has that spark with her. Yeah. She holds yeah. hands, they have that moment like because like they use spells as a metaphor for sex. Yeah. You could say that was their first kiss scene or That's their own. First...
1: That's what lesbian sex is. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was magic. She
0: she had a magical moment with a girl. Yeah. And it was the like you said, it was the start of her journey to realisation of being gay, but it was her first gay experience.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, in terms of the metaphor of the show.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's when her inner feelings come out for Tara, who she had a kind of a spark with or kind of like mm-hmm. an inkling with during the group earlier when Tara tried to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, now they, they were stripped of their voices. They were in immediate danger. They had to do a spell together without words. And yet they both yeah. were able to, without words, focus on the right thing, do the same spell, get what they needed to have done. But their inner feelings come out. Willow's inner feelings for women come out because mm-hmm. she, she didn't need to justify it. Yeah um buffy's inner feelings for riley come out um sander's inner feelings for anya come out yeah. anya's inner feelings for sander also come out so every take away you know like josh said you take away those words and everyone's inner feelings are able to come out or be on show mm-hmm. without being judged um without them justifying because some people can't articulate it and their feelings get lost through words
2: yeah it's it's a great first episode for tara yeah. And also, I uh, just want to touch on very slightly a great episode for Spike as well. I like how he takes oh, it yeah. in his stride. He's the only one that's actually not affected, like uh, taking it to heart. And I think that's great acting and great. But b- again, yeah. He, yeah. De- he
0: actually doesn't care about what people think. There you so go. No, Because true. he doesn't care what people think, his inner feelings are always out. He's <laughs>
1: also. He's probably like the. Anya, Anya um, doesn't have a problem communicating, as we were saying earlier. Like, she has no boundaries. Like, she's very like she'll just but say that is her problem but communicating. That, and that is her problem with communicating but um spike uh S- spike will always say it how it is he calls out the group mm. even like and when people aren't being i don't know they're acting in a certain way or they're not seeing how because it was just the episode previously where um you know willow is still suffering with oz leaving and Giles is like, oh, I think um Willow's doing well now, isn't she? And Buffy's like, yeah. And and Spike's like, you guys are stupid. Like she's still <laughs> suffering. How can yeah. you not see that? Um, yeah. Spike is just, he always like sees what's going on and calls it out. And like as you said, like yeah, he he's very secure within himself. Mm. He doesn't care. I mean, he is a vampire without a soul, so <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, why would you care? Like, um,
0: again, I kind of saying, like we. When we're worried about being judged, we justify, and mm-hmm. therefore you over speak or speak about the wrong things or fail to articulate what you mean, and therefore everything gets, like Joss's quote says, you know, it limits you, communication limits. So I'd actually say that you know, Joss's quote is and why he did this episode is so, so on point
1: mm, and so true.
0: clever. It's
2: true. And showed that the show can stand up without the great dialogue as yeah. well. Yeah, so he also achieved his second point as well. Mm -hmm. There was more to Buffy than just witty conversation between. The type of conversation I think we'd all love to be able to have at a moment's notice, but quite often we'll stutter. Has to (laughs) be scripted, they're (laughs) so witty. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Um, we wish we could
0: talk like that, but showed that it stands up so well. So, what is everyone's favourite and worst moment in, in this episode?
1: My favorite scene is the projector scene. Yeah. I just love that scene where Giles has got the slides and it's like the cartoon drawing I don't know why Olivia didn't draw these <laughs> why didn't he get Olivia to draw it? I mean and that's why so...
0: they brought her on because yeah. she's the only person who can draw in the cast
1: yeah <laughs> and she drew that one great sketch and then he was like oh I'm going to do some cartoon stick figures for mm. my I mean they're not that bad well they're remember.
0: iconic <laughs> they're, they I've, are iconic I've seen people walking around the park with t-shirts recently oh, yeah. and I've had to stop her and be like oh my god your t-shirt is amazing
1: I, I I love the Buffy will patrol tonight one. I mean that's iconic. Yeah and when and um uh, Buffy's reaction to it. Um, <laughs> apparently Sarah Michelle Geller pitch that it should be in because that was her genuine reaction to it. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, What? <laughs> Not that fat. what? Yeah, like what,
0: what's with
1: what? what? like and the skirt? And um and I like I love all like the sort of miscommunication in that scene mm. as well where, you know, first of all there's the whole comedic thing about Jaws with the slides. Anya's eating popcorn and um and he's like, what do they want? And and they're like it, Willow points to her chest, you know, then heart and, and Xander's like it's a Boobies, <laughs> boobies, <laughs> with, obviously without saying no, it, and then yeah. like, how do we kill them? And Buffy makes that, you know, like hand jump motion, <laughs> and then everyone's just everyone's face is just. No one shocked. associates
0: it with a stake. Yeah, Everyone they're is... all just
1: shocked, like what? <laughs> and um, she gets out a stake. To be fair, when has she ever staked a vampire like that? It's uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's so. It, but funny. it's it's
0: such. A great scene yeah. so iconic as well it is um, it's yeah so it's, it also shows the dynamic between the group and they yeah. still managed to capture that dynamic between cuz even when they could talk like i said buffy was famous for its wit and its dialogue yeah. but also its miscommunication mm-hmm. um through the dialogue like i remember an episode where there's an enemy called kekistos and oh, yeah, Buffy mistranslates kissing it as kissing toast, toast. he loves to kiss, kiss toast, toast. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So like, kiss toast, bless you
0: <laughs> exactly that huge miscommunication played a little bit on the fact that Buffy isn't the smartest person but also doesn't care and that was still carried through when they couldn't speak, everyone's mm-hmm. character come through, yeah. uh, even Sander going straight to thinking boobies. of boobies um, when Willow points to her chest, um, you know Buffy getting the wrong, conveying the wrong type of message, even though she's saying kind of the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone misinterpreting it. And Giles
1: being the Giles. G- know,
0: yeah, Giles yeah. being like, you know, Giles trying to give the answers, but yeah. not really, you know, not, not down with the kids. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and yeah. Willow being, Willow just being like this like lighthearted, fun element of it, like, where she's like, what about when he says, oh, it has to be a human, like a scream to kill them. And she's like, What about this share C D? Yeah. <laughs> like, she holds like if we play if we play like Believe in Love, not that she says that, but she's like, Oh the C D will that and he's like, No.
0: Yeah. It's his look, <laughs> his look. <laughs> and Yeah. You voice. which
1: is which is funny. Um and I do also like the uh um I mean there's so many great moments, but I do also like the the whole like Willow Terra having that moment of like the magic, you know, like it's like their fingers slowly yeah. come together and, and then like it, they move it, that it vending feels machine together.
0: Romantic, yeah. Even though they're about to die and, and then
1: Yeah, you, know. you see the chemistry. I mean I think you know trying to move a vending machine with your mind with someone will be a great way to see if you're compatible. Oh yeah no yeah. seriously
0: it's what I do on my all my first dates. Yeah. <laughs> as it's you it's just a good test. It's as a you good should. test. <laughs> we can move this with our mind. We are freaks. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> therefore we should be together. <laughs> um okay yeah so for me I think because you mentioned a great moment so i'm going to mention the uh, not bad moments i don't think there is was a bad moment but for me there's a few moments which i just feel like I could let it down a little bit maybe mm. um i think the biggest one is kind of what we touched upon earlier about kind of not getting necessarily answers well for me the um cast or the characters not resonating with the audience by showing some frustration at the end of not having all the answers. Mm. And I feel like in any other episode, they would have touched up on that. Mm. They would have been like, so we still don't really know what they were after. And Giles giving some kind of, "Oh no, you know we can only theorise that they needed it for this. But ultimately, no, Buffy. This might be one where we might have to admit defeat on their knowledge here. Mm. Uh, so that's one frustration. I think the other one is Olivia being back in it. I just feel like Buffy is really good at introducing characters, building them up, and yeah, killing them off or letting them go. And that, for me, Olivia really... This is maybe a wider thing for the series than this episode. Um, but her presence there just didn't make sense to me. Like what you explained earlier, fine, okay, you wanted his character into Shofea. Mm. I get it, but she's never in enough episode again. She was only in one episode before. It just kinda of went nowhere. I'd rather a college friend of theirs or I don't know, well even for them to spill delivery up a little bit more beforehand.
1: Yeah, I was I did write down like what's uh they could have maybe had a little explanation of like what who is olivia like it's so random she obviously is uh some a friend of giles from back Mm. in the uk but that's all we get but that's all but um but it's not even explained it'd be nice to have a bit of a backstory a bit of explanation even even like a line about how they went to uni together or something
0: it's it's really rare when buffy introduces a character
1: Mm -hmm.
0: with literally little or no backstory or information like they don't buffy isn't known for its black and white characters that's on charm that's not buffy's territory so it's really odd that they did they did this yeah and for me that that kind of sticks out but what about what about you david
2: um so the it's so hard to pick a good moment because actually genuinely this episode is really good oh god i literally had to google flaws (laughs) because i couldn't (laughs) find any myself (laughs) um So I'm just going to go for the biggest thing for me, uh, which might be the next talking point or whatever, is the dynamic of the voice, stealing. It Mm. bothers me. Voices are quite literally stolen. And I don't know if I like that or not.
0: Um, I feel like Mm. it's very... Well, you were saying earlier that... One of the things you didn't like was the fact that their voice was literally taken from their bodies. Yeah. Whereas you felt mm. it should be more of a block or something on their focal cords. Yeah, I feel like if, if you're mm. a witch, you don't still sight because
2: it's a, a it's a mechanical thing. Your voice isn't Ooh. magical. It's muscles and it's sinew and it's going through a voice box. Yeah. I, can accept a, I can accept this, but I can accept a demon blocking that ability to but that not that physically voice, taking no, they're it. They're literally stealing it. They've made yeah. the voice something magical. And for me, that's a problem because it's just because where you when, stop?
0: Because when they do steal the voices, um, yes, you, you literally see their mouth open in their yeah, sleep. And it comes out and, yeah. like a spirit or something. Yes. And it's yeah. just like, I don't get why they then can't... For, yeah, voices aren't this magical thing inside of us that can be taken out from our mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah. Um, even if had to come out from our mouth. Yeah, Yeah. It, it should be more like it affected everyone's... Like a spell on everyone's voice box or throat. Yeah. That would have made mm. more sense.
1: I suppose that would have been, for the sake of story, hard to Ooh. show. I Imagery think is,
2: it works. Mm. You know, there's yeah. nothing the I being taken the what yeah. What's happening? Yeah. they were just taking their voice. Well, also, it yeah. goes with
0: the fairy tale theme.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's it just
2: true.
0: bothers me because it's it's muscle. It's a voice box. There's mm-hmm. lots of other. Things. And again, it's not a magical thing that yeah. we can just but do for a season and an episode that puts science and magic face to face yeah and the whole theme is about how they can work together then it should have actually maybe considered that in this episode yeah so it actually missed the mark on one of his overarching themes yeah
1: that's true that's true yeah that's a good point i like um just before we wrap up i just want to mention a couple um fun facts again from the commentary with joss whedon that uh, a few things about this episode, just knowing how much went into it, that, yeah. um, you know, the first uh, the first scene where someone actually has their heart taken out. Um, apparently they did film that whole thing, the guy that answers the door and then like mm. they have their little um, straight jacket guys that pin him down. And then the gentleman, the gentleman, I like how the gentleman don't even do that whole like dirty work. They do like the proper surgical oh, gee, that's, that's the other thing that kind of got me. Out.
0: Why do their henchmen have straight jackets? Yeah,
1: I like, know that is I weird. I get it. It's
0: like kind of a psychiatric patient thing. The gentlemen like these old-fashioned Victorian doctors. Yes. their little knives in their suits. I mm-hmm. get it, but why the straight jacket? It just it doesn't fit the fairy tale theme. Gentlemen's kind of do, but also if yo know, when Charles is talking about our princess once screamed and mm-hmm. why were they still called the gentleman back then? Surely they would have been called a nobleman or something, not a gentleman because the word gentleman probably didn't exist. And they certainly wouldn't have wore suits because suits didn't oh, exist. That's
1: an interesting question. So
0: I feel like, again, going back into like more explanation on the gentleman, they should have maybe shown that he couldn't find anything on the gentleman, but could on a different group that done similar things called the nobleman who mm-hmm. maybe didn't wear suits, but wore what the equivalent was of that time mm-hmm. because they are very much from the Victorian era. But yet they mention a princess screen once. Well, then that was pre-Victorian. Yeah. So for me, that doesn't quite add up. Yeah. And doesn't go in a fairy tale theme. And hey, maybe that but also makes it quite scary. Anything from Victorian era looks feels yeah. scary. But Yeah. So um no yeah
1: no that's that's a good point um yeah I was gonna I was gonna say like in that that scene um the reason Joss wanted it filmed that way whereas the point of view as you're like you are the guy that's getting pinned down and the gentleman's floating over to you because he had a nightmare Mm. about that happening to him where he was he like couldn't move and he could see from his bed this figure floating towards him so he thought well that was really scary I want to make that come to life in this episode so in order to do that they had to put a ceiling in which normally they wouldn't bother doing and it just goes to show how much thought was put into the episode just to
0: recreate that nightmare definitely
1: and then also like um adding on to that he he just said that he his aim of this episode or one of the aims was to just really traumatize (laughs) this generation of children well (laughs) yeah
0: because you know kind of to go over everything we spoke about you know mentioned how it kind of assembles rape, which is traumatizing yeah um rape in a fairy tale fashion Mm -hmm. with creatures that don't quite fit into this world still have voices makes us vulnerable but yet opens up communication in a weird way
1: yeah it's true. I mean,
0: you know, they are responsible for Buffy and Riley finding out each other's secrets about each other and getting yep. together. Mm-hmm. Willow and Tara are getting together. Yeah. They, they actually moved the series on a hell of a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. I wonder how things would have been if they didn't have that, like, episode where they were forced not to speak. Well... Because mm-hmm. was... also... Mm. Sorry, just to add real quick, is this, like, actually go, going back to Olivia, at the end of this episode, we... We know she's not coming back because they completely tie up that storyline where she's like, oh, so everything you told me about monsters and stuff is real. And that's really scary. And he says, is that too scary? And she says, mm, I don't know. So obviously she's like, I don't want to be with you. It's
0: but I mean, but yeah, but by saying like, um, I don't know, it's like, oh, we might bring her back. <laughs> we might not. We're going to we're going <laughs> to see how that one plays out. I mean, to be fair, the season five has so many production issues. Maggie Walsh. I think um, the actress got offered a movie deal halfway through, so she had to leave oh, yeah, because she was meant to be the main bad guy, mm-hmm. um, she's like meant to be that anti Giles, they set up Giles and her to be that conflicting enemies and ever which I felt like they did the previous year, the mayor. but mm-hmm. um yeah, so I feel like they had so many production issues and season four and went in so many different ways. it'd be interesting to see what would have happened, but anyways that's that's a whole different. Podcast. That's, yeah. that's a buffy one there that's a different but, um, universe that's yeah <laughs> that's a but um yeah no Um. i do think everyone should just download the episode read what has been said about it and see how they kind of feel because i really do actually agree with those quotes i read out yeah. to begin with yeah i think it's such a great episode it definitely stands the test of time um well, i mean your boyfriend proves that because he likes it apparently
1: Wait, yeah, I feel know. like I need to ask him more questions yeah. about it. I feel like I was talking a lot and he was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: it, I feel like it's one of those things where even if you're not a deeply analytical person yeah. and you don't read into it, you can still enjoy it for the monster elements in the fairy tale.
2: It's one of those rare episodes you can put on just to have a scare. Mm. You don't need to watch yeah. the entire series.
0: Yeah. I actually it's think a it's a good episode. introduction to Buffy. It, yeah. it, it shows you... look. This is a show that pushes boundaries. And this is a show that tries new things. And when it gets comfortable, it tries more new things. Is it the best episode of season four? I think it's the one of the best episodes of Buffy. It's definitely
1: one of the best.
0: Not necessarily my all time favourite. A favourite, but not my all time. By I think technically it's the best episode.
1: It's one of it's definitely one of the best episodes of the whole show. Um, I would agree with you, Scott. It's not, um, it's not my all-time favorite, but it's it's high up there as one of my favorite episodes of the show, and it's, it is definitely one of the best episodes of the whole series. Episode, um, season four, I suppose it is the best episode of season four. Season four, funnily, has a, some really good standouts, even yep. though as a whole the season is like forgettable. the best one mm. it's because of the big bad
0: yeah being well yeah and that would be to, to the production issues yeah it's just not a tight season but individually the episodes individually every good. episode's good
1: yes that's true
0: but it's not one i
2: think mm. of and want to go back to <laughs>
1: mm.
2: but um it, it's probably the for me the best episode in season four
0: yeah No, 100 percent. um so yeah i guess that kind of absolutely i we be all in agreement with those critics and all thinks what they've said still stands today mm-hmm. even from mm-hmm. 22 years ago
1: yeah Buffy's well, going strong
0: <laughs> the episode still going strong which also mm-hmm. shows how well the writing is yeah that's true um yeah cool um like i said i think people should go and watch it people should definitely download it see what they take from it i mean the very least what you'll take from it is a you you're watching a classic yeah uh and hopefully a good scare if you're if you get easily scared um cool
1: cool all right well thank you for tuning in as always and you can tune in again um with our next episode where we might be talking about some stranger things
0: yes 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 um yeah, i've also realized this kind of ties in with halloween which uh which is good because it's meant to be also one of the scariest episodes of buffy so we have um, timed that
1: well <laughs> oh, yeah well if you don't have any halloween plans watch, Buffy, yeah there we go Hush.
0: cool and uh thanks to david for joining us our special guest star from thank-, <laughs> thank you for having me from, from across the pond <laughs> as a pond i just mean, like, the other side of the Thames. And <laughs>
1: the uh, it's been a pleasure, David.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Um,
1: yeah, it's Come back
0: again, yeah. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> next time we speak about Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, yeah, as Shane said, um, next time we'll talk about Stranger Things and discuss one of the more famous episodes from the latest season.
1: Looking forward to that. Until next time.
0: Later.